0: Welcome to Oral Fixation, where every episode your co-hosts, Drew and Andy, take an album and use it as a backdrop to discuss music, gay history, and their own adventures in queerness. A music podcast will be nothing without actual music, so please bear in mind that any audio samples used are entirely for the purposes of review and critique, okay? This week the boys discuss Neon Knights by the legendary Miss Danny Minogue and they are joined by me, the legendary Miss Tom Aspore. Neon Knights was released by London Records in 2003 and reissued in 2007. Deserved. I hope you enjoy listening. Base, my, my poor mom. Um, when I first arrived, it was when. What's her name? Amanda. Amanda, shout, Mandy, to Amanda. shout out to Mandy. Um, it was when Iran mm. were threatening to bomb like Abu Dhabi and Dubai. <laughs> and that's <laughs> where I that's where I connected. Yeah. And then obviously we had that ash and the smoke, and I was on BBC News walking walking around Federation Square in Melbourne with like a mask on. Oh my God! <laughs> I'll, show you, I'll show you the footage. Because obviously they were looking for um, like Aussies wearing masks, and none of like, none of the white Australians were wearing masks. So I was literally the only person that was, right. and they literally... They use the footage and they put it on Channel Four. Wow. They put it on BBC. So, it's so you didn't even know about it. People at home. No, it's people it. at home being like, "Oh, Tom's on TV." Wow. So I woke up to like twenty Instagram stories, and it was, it was. I think it's because I've got bleached blonde hair. They were like, "Oh, it's like a typical." The, pro- the promo Aussie.
1: you didn't expect to get I in know.
0: Australia. So that happened. And then obviously um, there's like coronavirus things. So now my mum's Yeah, like, I've got <laughs> that.
1: I've actually so- got that, guys. Oh God.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're sharing a mic. Yeah. So you've gone
2: from bushfires to war threats to coronavirus. Yeah. So you are a survivor. Yeah. Not unlike...
0: Danny Minogue. Dan. Dan
2: <laughs> Danny. The subject matter Minerv. of our podcast. But before we get into Danny, yeah. I wanted to just tell the story. <gasps> oh my God, before Andy <laughs> spills wine all over Tea. my work laptop. Um, I wanted to tell the story. So we are here with Tom Aspel. Yeah. Aspel or Aspal? Whatever you want, it's not a real name. Tom It's <laughs> okay,
1: not well, a real name. Then.
2: Well, then, um, who is a recording artist, singer, yeah. songwriter,
0: pop star extraordinaire. You can't... I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah? Yeah. And close family friend of the Minogs?
0: Well, no, not really. I mean, Kylie got my name wrong, didn't she? In she that did, so. yeah. <laughs> so I'd probably... Um, no, I've, I've met Kylie once, but it wasn't actually in the context of writing a song for her. It mm-hmm. was a karaoke evening in Soho. She'd just finished recording... The music video for "Time Bomb." Mm. Uh, oh
2: my god, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: uh, all of all of her like cast and crew came into this bar. It was one of these live karaoke places where you play with a band. Oh yeah, and um, me and her both chose. There was only twenty songs to choose from. We both chose. Be my baby by the Ronettes. Gorgeous, says. gorgeous. We duetted. Who knew? One year and, later, but you'd
1: written for her, but yeah, so it was after that. This so was did before. you tell her? Were you like, actually? No, this is am? No, this was before, This
0: was before. So then, I never, I never met her during the whole process. No, I just, I wrote the song, I released the song for myself, uh, and then I think it was like six months later, her label, which was still Warners but she was managed by Rock Nation at that point which I don't think was a very happy period in her mm. career um, and they were looking for songs and they liked that one and that was it
2: what was the song
0: that you was, rec- well I, re- I released it called Indiana but she re- Named it feels so good, which makes more sense to
1: be honest.
2: Amazing, look,
1: she, look she's already dominating the episode. Yeah, oh god, time. okay, come on, yeah. Danny. We need to focus on Danny here. <laughs> I,
0: I do, I, I do want to say I do absolutely love her. She has soundtracked my entire trip to Australia, so Danny or Kylie, both yeah. <laughs> um, the sisters Minogue, the sisters Minogue. Yeah, yeah but I do, I, I love Kylie, I yeah. don't Won't hear a bad word. Well, absolutely, check not. out
2: our <laughs> episode on that, like, yes. Um, but anyway, so Tom. <laughs> Andy and I have been kind of aware of you. I Well, I've been aware of you, I think, for about a year and a half, oh, maybe.
1: That's and nice. it was
2: Andy who sent me your iconic. I'm not going to blow too much smoke up your ass. I oh, know what. It is getting a
1: <laughs> bit smoky in here. But I'm it's quite hot, isn't it?
2: Um, but Andy sent me about a year and a half ago your cover slash sample oh, yeah. of Full Moon by Brandy. Oh, yeah. That um, also samples Carly Simon's Why. Carly And Carly. the minute I heard that song, I actually I should have found the text that I sent you, Andy, but. When you sent it to me, I listened to it and I was like, I know, it it was like a turning point in our friendship where I was like, you just get me, (laughs) you just get me because you know that I would just love Froth for this. Um, And then the other week I was at Andy's house and he was playing a song of yours called Traces, which is my January jam. And so I started following you on Instagram. Well, here we are. And then you followed me back and I just thought, carpe DM." I'm going to slide into your DMs <laughs> and tell you how much I love you. And then you told me that you were coming to Australia and now here we are. It
0: is serendipity. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And do you know what? When I was in uh, Melbourne, I sang Full Moon at karaoke. <sighs> so it's like all one big It's circle. all just coming. It, it's all, And it might have even been a full moon or, or not. It probably was. It probably yeah, it really was. was. Yeah.
2: So I said to you, I, I took the plunge and I said, look, Tom. Yeah. Uh, me and my friend have this podcast. It's about gay music. You're <laughs> gay. You're gay and you're a musician. Yeah. Makes um, sense, doesn't it? We'd love for you to come on. And you said, absolutely. Yeah. And I said, have a think about what um, artists you'd like to do. And you had a think for a bit, but then you came back and you said, Kate Sebrano.
0: <laughs> Kate Sebrano. I only know two of her songs, so. So we, we shelved Kate <laughs> and you said, have you done
2: Neon Nights yet? And we said, no, but we had been talking about it for a while. So, Tom, why did you want to do Neon Nights by Miss Danny
0: Mac? Well, I mean, at the time, it was incredible. Um, but I've actually recently revisited it because I made a playlist of Australian music to listen to whilst I was here, which is a little bit embarrassing because it's like I do that all the time. If I get a train to Manchester, I pop M people on. Or something you, like that. You're it's preaching like... to the choir here. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm but... a bit weird. <laughs> but um, I So I had this like Aussie bops playlist and... I was like going through the the motions obviously adding like Kylie there she's again but then it got to Danny and I was like fuck she has so many hits and then most of them Thank you. they happened to be on Neon Nights and I thought I could actually talk about it for hours especially in the context of like being gay because it came out I think 2003 and I think that was like when I was 17 or 18 right. so it's right on the cusp and she also sampled. She did a lot of mashups, didn't she? Yes. And oh, like, we'll get onto well, that. I, oh, yes. And that's the thing. Like it was purely like gay because it's like, <laughs> mashups are gay. They are. Mashups
2: the, are gay. They literally
0: are because <laughs> we because we love pop music and it's like to have two songs in one. <laughs> that's that's like I don't know. It's like
1: a fat gay kid's
0: dream. Yeah, And it's like a, a banger meets banger
2: combined to be. Even, Even more better. of a banger. And
1: it's like that Paula, not Abdul, um, who was that big old fat... Um, Paula, Paula Dean Paula has that iconic YouTube video where she makes um, a big, amazing lasagna mm. and then cuts a slice of it and puts it inside this huge ciabatta loaf and makes a lasagna sandwich. Yeah. That
0: is a, a Danny Minogue mashup. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. 100%. And the, the guys she was... Using to mash up, you know, dead or alive, obviously massive queer icon. Huge people, and shout out to people who I'm obsessed with and love doing impressions of. And then also <laughs> uh, Madonna. Madonna, little known indie artist. That little Madonna. known, yeah, from yeah. Detroit or wherever yes. she's from. So it's like for me, that, that was a big uh, sway. And then, and then, obviously, the the album itself has got a few like hidden gems on there as well. There's right?
2: literally no ballads. No, there's it's no ballads. Just she became pure
0: dance queen of the dance floor. Yeah, isn't she? absolutely. Yeah. Do
2: you mind me asking, Tom, how old you are? Thirty-three. Okay. Well, old. I'm thirty-two. Okay. And I, because when you were talking about that two thousand and three, two
0: thousand and four, on the cusp, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, I, that's when I I'd come out, but I was sort of at college i think and really sort of starting to find my identity as a gay man mm. and there was loads of dance music out like do you remember stonebridge yes and like, angel, Candy? yeah like angel
1: city like yeah. that, it was very yeah. much of like that
2: like,
0: ilk. and yeah. it was
1: just like mtv dance
2: i'd sneak into gay clubs and hear like um who do you love now or mm. um mm. or i begin to wonder mm. and just think I'm fucking gay. Yeah. And I <laughs> love <of> it. Because, <laughs> because of, it. of this.
0: Well, it was, I mean... I so hate. Danny, is it Danny that made you Danny. It's it, was called, a,
2: it was someone called Danny. It
0: was, there was so much, so much about <laughs> it though. Like, I, I've, I've obviously you've seen I made a note on my phone. So Tom sent me... <laughs> A screenshot of the Notes app on his phone. Because I was walking around Sydney and I was just like, well, you know, I'm sightseeing. I'm on my own. I've got nothing better to do. I'm going to listen to Neon Nights and I'm going to mark all the songs out of 10. Yeah, he
2: literally marked all the songs out of 10. You didn't want to miss the feeling. You literally...
0: No, I went for it. Went
2: for it. And, I mean, should we start with some of... Your favorites, our favorites. Well, all, the, with all the singles? singles. Yeah. So okay, so you, put uh, the needle on it. We, but
0: you have to start with who do you love now first? Because that. Cause, okay. I
2: didn't realize until doing my she search recently that yeah. that was the first well, single. Wow. Look, yeah.
0: hold up. It Be- wasn't a real single. It was it was tacked onto the end, but it was like she featured on a dance like a Dutch artist I think called Reaver. Yeah. And it was she hadn't been in the charts for mm-hmm. maybe six years at that point yeah. or seven years, mm-hmm. and it was actually quite odd to have Danny come back and have, like, a top five hit. I think it was also because of the success of Kylie a little bit that people were, like, thirsty for some more. Because had
2: Fever come out?
0: Fever was out at that yes. point, yeah. Right. And and Who Do You Love Now? It was 2002. It was, like, the Christmas. And it was a big banger. And she has a bit of a lesbian moment in the video where she kisses herself. Hot. A bit Mel B. It's a bit, me against the music. Yeah, a little bit. But, but I think it might have even predated Predated, it probably did, yeah. And she is... Um, she, she's just like really going for it in the video, and it's a real like thumping circuit party kind of song that I really like it. And actually, it's just a really well written pop song. So that was her big comeback. Yes. And then I reckon off the back of that, she re- she, she, she signed a new deal or something. I'm just probably making this up. No, no, you right. But I think that's what would have happened. So that was a surprise. And then they were like, "Oh, Danny, you're good at dance music." I mean, obviously, she'd had um girl the al- the previous girl was it previous album called Girl. Girl and on, obviously on that was All I Want to Do and mm-hmm. Disremembrance mm-hmm. which are two amazing songs but I think it was like dance music comes and goes in waves doesn't it and there was like a thirst for a Funky House at that time and, and then here It was up. very
2: much like kind of like Dance, collective, or DJ with female singer. Featuring, yeah. yeah, like
1: yeah, yeah. Doing... Lisa Scott Lee. Yeah. Lisa Scott Lee. Well, yeah. She did try.
0: Yeah. But yeah. they all had a little, they had a crack, everyone had a crack at it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Some, some succeeded and some didn't.
1: Um, I think before we go into the track okay, list, I'd that, like to just that. really clarify the context. I think, Tom, you've just nailed it that first half of that beautifully, but I, already I think just we just need to do a bit of a Danny hurst lesson. Okay, go for it. Yes. So, gonna, so looking at her career yeah. in the context of when this album was made, we're already off running. So contrary to popular opinion, Danny was actually famous before her older sister. She was, yeah. Yes. She was, it, on, was she on Home and Away? No, she was on Australian uh, kids' talent show. Was it t- Talent Time or something
0: called yeah. TV Talent? Tina or Arena like was on the same Tina show. Arena. Yeah. I'm coming right. soon to a fixation. I really wanted to do Tina, but oh, I just, we could have done Tina. I know, but I couldn't pull it off, I don't think, because she's... Well, well, we'll stick have to around. Have, we'll have
2: to have you back. How many yeah. cans of
0: gin have you got there? <laughs> I've got three. We'll
1: crack on Sorrento <laughs> Moon in a minute. <laughs> oh, Sorrento
0: Moon. <Mere, laughs> I Jesus, love Sorrento Moon. There's a Danny and... Co- no, Danny and Tina did a they, version they of Sorrento Moon. They Mere. did, and it was the first time they worked together since the TV
1: show. Okay, right, okay. Sorry. So, so Danny has her moment. Kylie just explodes and becomes Kylie. Um, Danny very clearly does that kind of like late 80s, 90s, early 90s pop thing too, but not with Stock, Aiken Waterman. She mm. doesn't work with them
0: until, we'll come back to that later. Okay.
1: Um, and then, yeah, I think, was there an album before Girl?
0: Yeah, I think there, there would have been a couple of like her pop albums that I didn't really connect to at all because I was too young, but no. I remember This Is It, which this is, is it? Which is a cover. This I think, time I know it's the real thing. She, yeah. And then I think she did a couple of other songs, but it wasn't, she was Hugs never, and Love and Kisses? So, yeah, yeah. I think that was an original. Yeah. And then I don't think she had much success really. No. I think it was like a couple of top tens. No. Which nowadays would be really big, but obviously then it was like everything about the single. Completely. I, and, and I
1: think, but wasn't Girl with Xenomania
0: Yes, yeah, so all I want to do was written by Brian Higgins, <clears throat> and off the back of writing that, he got put. He they they got believe became a share single. So because yes. of Danny, because it was gonna it, be, it was gonna be. We've spoken about this in the past. That believe was a Danny meant for Danny. Yeah, because they've been working with her on her album. Right. Girl. But now I, can I just point out at this point. My favourite Danny Winogue song is Disremembrance. That is a banger. The, the flex finger radio. Yeah. Edit. I was literally just listening to that about 25 so minutes ago. So beautiful. Yeah. It's, like, it's like trance music, isn't yeah. it? It's like something from, I don't know... I don't know any trance artists. I can't give you an example, but but it's um, just so beautiful. Alice DJ. Yeah, it's like that. Ian
1: Van Dahl. Yeah, it is. No,
0: no, seriously. It's like that. And it's really really beautifully produced. And I think the video is amazing. All I want to do is... It's quite emotional. It's really emotional. The strings are beautiful. And I just listened to it on the beach, actually. Melancholy dance. It's very... I'm
2: obsessed with melancholy dance. I like melancholy dance. Yeah.
0: It's one of my favourite genres. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got, got an amazing
2: my playlist called... Well, it's called Water Melancholy Dance, but I'll send it to you. <laughs>
0: please. That would be
1: <laughs> great. Yes, please. Um, so, so girl, whatever. And I think All I Want to Do and Something Else, just remember, we were just talking about were yeah. those were fairly big singles, but the album, massive flop. And like you just said, it was a singles-dominated time. Also, don't
0: forget, she had... And I remember this was quite controversial. She bleached her hair blonde. Mm. And she got breast implants. And Ooh. she looked like... Pamela Anderson. Wow. Don't you remember? No. She completely changed her appearance because she always oh. had very dark raven hair. Who was she dating? That guy who went into being in Nip Tuck? <gasps> oh him! Oh
1: oh, is, he's oh, he is Aussie. He's Aussie. Yeah. Um,
2: Phil uh, time. She was married to him. Yeah yeah. No he's really go.
0: hot as well. Yeah. But he gets
2: his ass out a
0: lot. In a the lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Why don't we know his name? It's we... Julian something. It's it Julian a McMahon or yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah Julian Minogue bitch. <laughs> um. So then, like you said, she goes away for six years, and apparently it was Pete Tong, yeah Julian who approached, McMahon, rather. McMahon, who approached her really and said, "Do you want to feature on this like?" <laughs> random, um, like, Dutch dance track, um, which then became Reva, because it's definitely not Pete Tongue, um, and she was like, yeah, let's go for it, and they did it, and She's it was from obviously... from Manchester, <laughs> <laughs> from Leeds, Leeds actually, so. yeah. let's go for it, she has been it. listening to Mel G, Mel, Mel G. G. Melanie are um, and it was the huge success that you just described and, and we have Who Do You Love Now to thank for Neon Knights. Yes. Neon Knights would not have been made if it wasn't for the success of that single gotcha. and I, I, I believe it is the strongest song on the
0: album and I, it's I agree to it's
2: to my favourite Danny Benoist song
0: yeah, it's well, it's up there for me. Okay, and it's like on my list. I think I gave it ten out of ten. I wow. think like, should, <laughs> Deserved. I read,
2: should I read what you said on your note? Oh, or?
0: don't, because I'm a bit embarrassed. What did you do at the end? I was writing that, like, literally while in the opera house. You're on holiday, <laughs> yeah. darling. Also,
2: can I just say, you've, like, I just love how much you've like
0: done your homework. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: But actually, I can't read out what you said because the net cuts off. It says, "Who do you love now?" Ten out of ten. A banger. Yep. And then... Be, that's oh, all you let me have know, a talk really. to the tarot. <laughs> Let's
0: see what she's saying. Um, so after Who Do You Love Now, then... The first single was Put the, Put the Needle, Needle. On. Mm. And mm. I absolutely love it. Like, so it was a, a good year afterwards, I think. Mm. And the video was sort of hypersexual. Is, she's... She,
2: is, she, is she spinning around?
0: She's on a a big record, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's on a record, uh, like, you know, the metaphor is being very obviously played out. Um, But then there's a room, it's a bit like the Olivia Newton-John physical room, you know, with black tiles and white grating. From one Australian icon to another. From one to another, where there's there's like... some hands come out of the wall mm. and start touching her. Well, li- dirty
2: hands is what she demands.
0: Literally that. And then, uh, I can't find it. And then don't the either. the song itself is like, I think I tweeted this, it's like an STI. It's, it's like, it's just, it sounds like an STI to I, me.
1: Like, I actually do agree with that metaphor. I, you've actually it, just nailed like, that. It's yeah. sleazy. It's something about, but it's amazing. I, I don't love it. And I think when I hear it, I think of Channel 4's... Adverts for the salon featuring
0: Ricardo. Oh, oh my god! god. I Love that, that reference. Yeah, it's yeah. very that. that. Yeah, it's been made. Yeah, to sound. Yeah, and it's so funny. There's um. It's a Taylor Swift That's song. Not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you doing, Ricardo? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be blank space, but it sounds like location, location, location. Whenever right. I hear it, <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly what. You like we like, you know when they're t- when they talking around, like it's like Terry's looking for a three-bedroom house in Putney, and it literally, if you play, if you if you talk if you talk over blank space like that. That's what you get. It's but yeah, Danny Minogue sounds like that, or a bit like Embarrassing Bodies. It's always yes. it's a Channel Four. Yes, kind of it's like Channel Four. A little bit electronic. Lidmorties. So it did. Yeah. It has dated. Yeah, but Gillian
1: McKee. Gillian McKee. Fuck Aduke off, Julian McKee.
0: <laughs> but I I love it because she's got like cropped hair in the video, mm. and she's like not. I don't know. There was just something really sleazy and sexy about it, and I remember genuinely. Being, I would have been, how old? 20? I would have been 20. I would have been 17, I think. Or maybe younger. I remember, like, being confused and thinking, "What? what's this about? Like, it's just, like, so overly sexual. And little did I know the rest of the album was, like, heaps worse. There's a song called Vibe On, which is literally about vibrators. But and, that's, yeah. I think that's...
2: Awesome, yeah, Mm. no, it's great, Mm. but it's like
0: it gives make it's that like uncomfortable thing where it's like I probably and I think I did buy the CD single, but I'd feel a bit embarrassed to be listening to it in my bedroom because it's like I think I know what you mean, it's because it could wait because it was overly sexual, because yeah, and because it and and I knew that it was so gay that it was like it's just even though I, I was kind of I don't think I'd come out, I never actually came out to my parents, I was just kind of like just gay,
2: yeah, but
0: it was it was. It's like that kind of... I can't explain it. You just don't... It's like you don't want to be a stereotype almost so that you don't want to listen to that kind of music so loud because no, then everyone yeah. will be we like... Talk about we that talk about, about that, that. Yeah. We actually
1: ended... Um, try not to give it too much airtime, time, but we ended... No, I actually don't think we did. I, I can't remember. We talked about in the aftermath of the Kylie episode mm. about how um, I think I can trace my relationship with Kylie and her music mm. along a similar... I think you identified this pattern to how comfortable I am with being gay slash loving gay culture yeah. in that I really thought she was very embarrassing in beginning. my teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, actually, she is quite good. I'm going to listen to her some more, yeah. like, begrudgingly. And now I'm like, fuck it. I love Kylie Minogue. And if you don't, I don't give a shit. Mm. And but there's a direct
2: correlation between that journey and you being accepting of your gayness. Mm,
1: exactly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I do, I, I do think um, I have the exact same thing with Danny. Although I wasn't listening to her like throughout my childhood as much as I was with Kylie. But I do have a distinct memory of possibly having the CD single for "Put the Needle on It" and being a little bit like, "Oh, don't want to have it on too loud." Because, mm. but I still really, I still loved it. But I think because she'd done the song with Reva she was kind of, like, accepted amongst, like, people who love dance music. As, totally. As incredible. And that
1: was yeah. part of the Pete Tong thing. She was then validated this as this kind of, oh, she actually does make quite good dance music. Yes. Yeah.
2: I actually read an article in preparation for the pod mm-hmm. that compared um, Neil Knight's to Confessions on a Dance Floor. Mm. Mm. Now, look, Tom, I don't know if you know this, yeah. but there are there is no one in yeah. the universe that Andy stands and adores more than Madonna. Madonna Not even my
1: mum, to her dismay. Really? Who,
2: is, who is listening to this right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: She will, she'll probably call What's her What's her name? Mom? Trish.
0: Trish. Hi, Trish. Yeah. She <laughs> features in the George Michael episode. Is she in Cobb? She's in Cobb. <laughs> Hi, Trish. I'm, I'm, Trish when I go Corp. home, I'm just up the road in Telford, Trish. So <laughs> yeah. we, let's oh, hang out. Oh, she'll up. love
1: that. Yeah. yeah, she'll meet you in the Tesco or something. Um. Um, but uh, I get it. I think I read the article. Okay. Uh, did it also mention Kylie's fever? It also mentioned Kylie's fever. And I was thinking about it, walking down here, and I was like, I completely get what the author of the article was saying. It was like a kind of cohesive body of work, but and I think I do in the think... same way that
2: I was saying before that there are no balance. It's just like a pure homage
1: to dance to music. the dance floor, yeah. to yeah. the dance floor, yeah, yeah.
0: Some of the production has dated. It I has. agree with you there, And that's why
1: I draw the line between any further comparisons to Fever
0: and Confessions. Yeah, okay, okay, and okay. okay. I, I would compare it strongly to Rachel Stevens. Come <laughs> oh, oh, so, so, and, and get and it. And yes. Sweet
2: Dreams, my LAX came out like
1: Funky Dory. Similar time. It all came out at the same yeah. time. And they
0: were all, I think you can you can hear, obviously Rachel did some bits with Richard X, who was an amazing producer. I froth Richard <laughs> X. Yeah, I love him. He's a, he's a great... Producer and he didn't he, produce on Neon Knights. No, he? he didn't. But you can tell that because... Do you know him? I do know him, yeah. Can you ask him to do another EP with Annie, please? I, I'm sure they are always in contact and Great. working together. Yeah. Um, but I'm um, <laughs> being very polite there. Uh, the... <laughs> I think what I was trying to say is that the there's, like, a weird connection. So Richard X popularised the mashup thing, didn't yes, he? Yes. Finest he Dreams. Finest Dreams, Liberty X, Liberty X. And he also produced Freak Like Me by The Sugar Bears. Yes. So that was popular. And then he did some... Did he do Rachel? Stee- yeah, he did yeah. Um, Some Girls. Uh-huh. And then, obviously, uh, that was after um, Neon Nights. But there was, like, a weird kind of... I think, trying to encapsulate his production sound on some of the album tracks in there. Right. And I think those are the ones that have dated because it's not done very well. Got it. Mm. And it's like a bit odd, a bit 80s influenced, Mm. a bit electronic, a bit sort of like the lyrics are a bit idiosyncratic and weird. And... They've dated, whereas the real basic, straightforward, four-to-the-floor disco songs, they've they've all really, like, they've aged really well, and I could listen to them in a mix with anything and and not be like, not have that little cringe, you know? Mm. I've
2: got a confession to make. Not necessarily on a dance floor, in the boardroom. um, (laughs) (laughs) That I was... Aware of the singles. I was aware of Danny's singles, and I was aware of the mashups, but I hadn't. I only listened to the album after, fully. Mm. I think maybe I'd listened to it, like, maybe once when I was younger, but this was the first time I'd really kind of sat sat down and walked around and, like, really kind of Deep listened dive. to it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, there was some... I, I, I kind of... I got what she was... Or they were trying to do, but it just felt so jarring. There's so many moments where there's kind of, like deliberate kind of like false starts or like mm, yeah. cuts or like kind of the sound of like a... Do you remember like when phones used to mess with the radio and it went like... And it was like kind of deliberately kind of abrasive and it kind of
1: rubbed me up the wrong way. And I think that speaks to when they, whatever, her AR guy put the call out for dance producers, Danny's doing an album of Who Do You Love Now's, give us your records and she'll sing on it. Um, and I don't mean to discredit her. I think she had a fair few songwriting credits on this album, but that is very much how the album sounds, and that's fine if that's what it is. But when you look at something like Confessions or Fever or many other albums, um, the benefits of working with just one executive producer who has this oversight across the whole body of work mm-hmm. yeah. are so huge compared to 15 tracks produced by 15 different people yeah, on the side of the and There's so like many three songs. Producers and songwriters there and are-
0: there's like 20 it, actually. This, on
1: the,
2: this album lasts a week and a half.
0: On Spotify, I think because they include the original. That's the versions. deluxe edition, right? Yeah, yeah, they include the original versions of the mashups as well. And I think it's like 21. It's. Because 20, so they include many. remixes as well. Mm. And I think they're, it's, it's a really bloated album and I could edit it and just have like 10 songs and it would be, I think, 10 out of 10. Mm.
2: And I actually, because I think with Neon Knights, like, the highs are high. Mm. There's a lot of filler. But I think that it got, I think it gets stronger and stronger as it goes on to the Mm. point where by the end, and you've got songs like Hide and Seek and just can't give
1: you up. Hide and Seek is fucking brilliant.
2: Hide and Seek is fucking Bergheim (laughs) at like 4am on a Tuesday Mm. and I'm like (laughs) in like a four-way with Mm. all these like masked... Mm. Singers And there's a fire dancer There's a fire Doing poi
1: (laughs) Yeah And I'm just like You keep trying to film it But they keep putting stickers On your camera On your phone Yeah And I'm just like Don't fucking chance
2: this Drew because you only just got let in after trying to get in 12 times 12 times yeah. so just
1: have the full weight neither <laughs> was a speaker from experience there just a sure. for we instances. get in every time we go to book
0: I, I actually the did get in I, I, went, the I
1: tried once and I got in so right,
0: oh wow I'm yeah. quite worried about that You'd get in, you'd you be like, you have a you uh, just okay. got to wear
1: black. I minced up at the age of 21 in a Pocahontas t shirt and blue what? denim cut offs. Someone was like, Let me in, I'm gay. And they were like, You might be gay, but you're still offensive. Like, wow. that's, yeah. Wow. didn't actually say that's the they weren't
2: ready for Pocahontas.
1: I begin to wonder. Okay, let's get into it. That is my second favourite after Who Do You Love Now?
0: Well, I mean, yes, and I love the hair cutting scene in the video. You, okay, so
1: you're, <laughs> you, love you're, you, love the, you love the videos. So, I know, but,
0: well, you know, if we're talking about it in terms of being queer, the visuals are massive because yeah, she's got 100%. short hair in the put the needle on it, and obviously there's like the kind of bit rapey scene with the arms. Oh, but I mean, I like, did not
1: watch the videos for Neon Nights in preparation for this.
0: You need to rewatch this. She's like. It's it's so gay. Obviously, like the, sig- the sign <laughs> the signifier for like anything a bit sawny is like black tiles with white grating.
2: Fat. Fair and so
0: obviously I was at a club night in London called Adonis at the start of January oh yeah because you had
2: the word Adonis in brackets after yes what your so reviews. I had I had to make this point because
0: it's like a club night and there's this one room which I always call the Danny Minogue room right. and it's just because it's got black tiles and white grating and, and I don't know if you've seen the video for Put the Needle on it but she's literally I've got it on my phone because I've screen recorded it but she's like <laughs> she's like getting felt up by these arms and she's kind of enjoying But it looks a bit like she might not be as well. And it's just right, it's weird because that room in in Adonis is actually it's a bit like that as well. Um, I don't know
1: where I'll be going the next time I go home. Yeah, Adonis. Yes, what was the address? A monthly party. (laughs) Well,
0: I don't know. They it was in Tottenham, but it's moving now. So then but then the put the needle on it, no, sorry, not that one. The I Begin to Wonder video. Obviously, the iconic thing is she's got hair extensions in, (laughs) and then she cuts them. (laughs) Do you not remember any of that? I, like, you are ringing bells She's vibe. got, like, she's on, a, like, a round platform and there's loads of, like, foreign languages that say, I begin to wonder in different languages, mm-hmm. like, rotating around her. And then she just, An like... international creep. I do, because yeah. the
2: thing is, I do remember... I remember so vividly the the breakdown where it goes, Walking down the street,
0: I like call your name.
2: And just, like, that that bit, that's, that is, like, the pure essence of... Gay yeah, that, the, like, the spoken word down. bit as well. Spoken word, gay.
0: I thought I was over <laughs> <that bit>. Oh, <laughs> darling. Oh, like semi-Australian accent. But
2: I feel, I feel. I mean, I would have seen the video, but I just can't remember. You don't what. remember
0: the hair cutting scene? No. Oh no. my weird, god,
2: we like bad podcast. We'll follow. We'll just do a watch sequel. it, honestly. Follow. it's So good. She's yeah. like
0: on this rotating platform, and then there's a big fuck off wind machine in her face, and she just holds her hair out and just cuts her hair, and it's iconic because. She, obviously, they were hair extensions, but it's like it, again, that's so gay because it's like, Rebirth. yeah, that's how that's. And I've I, just
1: broken up with someone from dye yeah. my hair blonde Ca- classic gay, gay coping her strategy.
0: tits are just like barely in a dress. Oh, she's so good. And she, I always thought she was just so hot. There was something about her that mm. was.
2: She is hot. She's, she's and hot. that yeah. the album cover is like.
1: The it's album cover's like amazing. Like, that, what,
0: isn't one of the letters like just to the side? <laughs> I
1: feel like the album cover is her, she, it's like 7am in Ibiza and mm. she's just fallen on the white tiles of her hotel room after a, after night. Uh, uh, after, after after a, a night. After a
0: neon night. After a BNO. o I'm trying to find my list of songs because I need to refer to them because some of the album ones I... Should you we mean... get into some of the or What were you going to
1: say? Well, you mentioned earlier Vibe On.
0: <clears throat> vibe on is about vibrators. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. did you vibe on Vibon? I did. I, I, I was never keen on the production so much, but I, I mean, I, I thought the lyrics and stuff were really funny. L- and and yeah. she uses the word... Oh, what is it? I can't remember. It's not vibology. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it is, yeah, it's a great song. Can I
2: also just say that the, the moment I realised that Tom would be a perfect guest on the pod was when reading his review of Viborg, <laughs> which says, 8 out of I a 10. I am 10. A song about vibrators, bass line, the same as
1: wrote you, you which is absolutely correct.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. They must have, I don't know who produced that, but yeah, it's well, exactly the I, same. I don't
1: know who produced it, but it was written by a guy called, now forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but Southern... Kotecha or Koteka? Oh,
0: he's massive. He
1: also wrote, um, he wrote underrated Bob, not on Spotify, Love Fight. Shout out to anyone who loves Love Fight by Danny Minogue's on her greatest hits. Um. Um, so he wrote that with Vibe On. That guy is one of the most... Fundamentally important people to Ariana Grande Grande's career. Really? He's co-written nearly every single one of her singles from Break Free to Break It With Your Girlfriend. What's yep. his name again? Don't worry about Savant that. Kotecha. Kotecha.
0: Yeah, he's he he's is massive. Huge. He's one of um Max Martin's sort of like Protégés. gals. Yeah, they they write everything.
1: Dare I say he got his start with Danny Minogue? What would Ariana Grande be without Danny Minogue? We've got so Nothing. much to for thank Danny for. We, we do. Yeah. Including. Um Daniel
0: Johnson, yeah. Matt Cardle. Oh god don't. I forgot all about that.
1: <laughs> no, That's if not I what was a boy. No. <laughs> if you I know. was to believe the papers. No, no, no. oh like,
0: god damn.
2: <laughs> um how does it go. If we're to believe everything we read in the papers, maybe you didn't need to change the gender referencing in the
1: song. Yeah. And 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 I and that was a moment for me because that was Bisexual a, a real Erasure moment where, by Danny. Um I could not disagree more. The woman is an ally through and through. She is. Yeah. And when that happened, she's saying just
2: it's fine.
1: Just absolutely. When up. that happened Twitter, because I was that was in like the heyday of my Twitter like frothing. People were <laughs> <yeah>. People went <laughs> off at her initially for biaerasia and then as people came around to it they were like actually fuck off. There's two people on this planet who we can't call anything related to homophobia. One of them's to Kylie and one of them's Danny. Yes. The woman is not a homophobe, she's the opposite of that. So and she was actually a bi <laughs> Queen. <laughs> yeah. Um saint. saint.
0: Well, you only have to look again at the video for Who Do You Love Now? She she kisses herself in the video. She's got no qualms about lesbianism. She loves it.
2: Also, we've got like We've all all
1: kissed the mirror,
2: haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. If
0: I was Danny Minogue, I
1: would. I think maybe if that happened in 2020, we'd see it differently. But at the time, to label her as homophobic was just like... Just to give give context to anyone that's not (laughs) um, in Australia. Yeah, Yeah, tell the story.
2: So, Danny Minogue was a judge on the UK X Factor. Between, I, I would say, like 2008 to... Two thousand and ten. I'm surprised the we peak. got this far in. She was, she was the, at the peak. peak. It was the peak. And it that's was very her, important. Cheryl, Louis Lol and Simon. But that was like the kind of golden age of X Factor. Yeah. And there was a guy called Daniel Johnson who was this amazing singer and Gorgeous. Who, so gorgeous. And the the papers had been speaking a bit about the fact that he was bisexual. Mm. And he sung a song and used female pronouns. And Danny said, I'm not going to do the accent, but Danny said, to If we're to believe you everything
0: we read. A fantastic it, performance, a true X Factor performance, turning a girl song into a guy song. But if we're to believe everything we read in the paper, maybe you didn't need to change the gender reference in it. What? what no. What did you say? What
2: did you say? Yes.
0: I said if we're to believe everything we read in the paper, he didn't need to change the gender reference in it. No, I don't believe it. Can I, I just have
1: to say it, She realized the mistake
2: straight away. And then and then I think Simon's like, oh, that's a low blow. But don't forget, like, judges were kind of competing against each other. So I think Simon saw an sure. opportunity to kind of like re-like manufacture this thing as like a homophobic slur. And actually yeah. what she was saying is. How, how cool would it would it, would it yeah. have been yeah. for you to say he? Why go to than all she? the effort as well? Yeah. Because yeah.
0: the song was originally he. So why go to all the effort of changing the pronouns if you are someone that you know is, has relationships with men and women? That's so- Although
1: actually, now looking back at through the, that lens. Um, it likely wasn't his decision to probably do that. He could have had TV producers. He could have even had Simon Cowell being yeah, like, probably. change those pronouns. You know, we don't Well, wanna...
0: there's a lot going on in X Factor, isn't there? With like, Louis wasn't really fully out at that point, I don't think. I mean, yeah. is, he,
1: is he fully out Is now? Louis
0: Walsh out? I don't know. I, I, I I've never assumed he... Wasn't gay. <laughs> I like, no. just kind of always thought he was. He's like that kind of like Cliff Richard character, isn't He's he? He's very Cliff like, Yeah, it's like hour. sexless. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure th- like there's been so many contestants who've hidden their sexuality and yeah. and also I'd like, like, like Will, Will Young that. never came out in, throughout the whole no, of Pop Article no. until
2: he no. kind of. While we've got you, actually, Tom, because I think it's a really interesting discussion and probably one that we can only really have with someone like you. Oh, God. But it, you are part of a very new generation of. Mm. Like, pop artists that can speak freely about their sexuality. Mm. I don't want you to kind of like, um, this isn't kind of like, obviously you're not like a poster boy for it or anything. or, um, But that must feel quite liberating and freeing.
0: Yeah, and
1: Is it because of Danny Minogue?
0: And well, is it because of Daniel part, Johnson? Partly. No, I mean, I never, I think it's the music industry since I started, doing uh, my own stuff, which is like seven years ago now. Um, it has changed a lot since then. And there is a younger generation who are younger than me who have who are much more, I, I guess, more vocal about it. For me, I've always been re- like really proud and out and never really cared. But I think, um, I don't know, I think there's, it's, I think it might be a bit more politicised now and a bit more... I agree. And... Um, and not to say that I don't think that's amazing because I do. I think, you know, there's a it's vital that people have a voice and things like that. But when I first started out, maybe naively, I never really never really crossed my mind that I wouldn't ever be anything other than sort of out because I thought the music I made was kind of gay anyway. Mm. And it be what? A-, a
1: brandy Carly
0: Simon Masha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? There were times when people um I remember this early manager I had was like you shouldn't really mention that. Um but never I never encountered anything other than that. But I do I do I did always feel a bit uncomfortable if I went into a writing room and there'd just be me and like some dance producer from like Germany and some I don't know was, there were times when it was difficult and a bit awkward because I didn't feel like I had anything in common with certain people. And a lot of the the um, sort of the music industry, the people who work as a r s and stuff like that, a lot of them are sort of like just like white middle class straight yeah. guys, and mm. that was always difficult to kind of what how would you understand what someone mm. like Danny Minogue wants on an album? Do you know what I mean mm. if you 're
2: so removed from it
0: yeah, but then there were a lot of gays as well that worked in the industry but it was it was a slight issue, but it was never. <laughs> never like it never became the main narrative really um that's really interesting what you say about sitting
1: in those rooms with those songwriters and i don't know if this was the line, the lane that you were going down but i was thinking about like you know songwriting for some people i imagine is an incredibly vulnerable intimate experience mm. um if you if you choose it to be yeah um and i can't and, and, and people you know people talk about their most successful songwriting collaborations are with people who they might have just met, but they just click and they just feel like they can completely be themselves and just Mm. talk really openly. And honestly, and that person's like, yeah, I get you. Um, I just can't imagine trying to do that with people who you're like, you don't get me. And that's fine, but we don't know each other. We don't get each other.
0: Yeah, I think it takes a certain personality type, I think. To, to be able to do that, and and sometimes I could hack it, and sometimes I couldn't. Sometimes I'd just be like, I'd shut down because I'd be like, "You have no idea," mm. or sometimes you. It doesn't. It's not that deep, you know. You just sort of writing a song, just, and just, just make a banger. Yeah. So it, it can. It it's it's different every time, every mm. session, every situation, every song you end up writing. It, it depends what the two people in the room or the three or four people, how they're feeling. But there there were like countless times where I just feel a bit out of my depth because I didn't really, like didn't have any reference, like, you know, references with people would be different. Uh-huh. And, um, most of the people I worked with were girls. So that Good. kind of... That Good. <laughs> Good. Thank God. Yeah. But they were mostly... What well, I'm talking about, like, when, I, if ever I was in the room with, like, a straight male artist, I'd just be like, why the hell am I doing this? I've absolutely nothing. I don't listen. Why were you doing it? Because uh, well, people suggested that you should work I with was, them? Uh, well, I was working... Uh, f- for most of uh, my songwriting career, I had a publishing deal. So I had a manager and uh, A&R as part of the publishing deal who would... Um, sort of sort out my schedule and tell me who I was working with and, and I did have a say and I could turn things down but it's always, you know, with music, you never know what's, what's, what's going to happen so I never really turn much down. Yeah. And, and an
2: opportunity is an opportunity.
0: Exactly. And it's a lot of, you know... it's bit silly really to be like oh it's, it's, that's a guy I, I don't want to work with him but to be honest like I don't really listen to that many male artists no <laughs> so and
1: we like again preaching to the choir like I think we completely understand what
0: yeah yeah and I, I and that's why I think it's actually really great that there is a younger generation who are heavily politicized and they're like we're queer we're we're artists we want to sing about queer topics and things like that Gay whatever, shit. whatever that <laughs> means but I mean, because because to be honest, like it's like love and sex and breakups and everything is kind of a universal thing. And so, I, mm. I mean, unless we're like singing about douching and things like that, I, I mean, I don't <laughs> know. But well, I do.
2: I, I for I for one would love
0: a song about douching. a song about douching. I actually have written one, it, but it was like coded, so no. <laughs> <laughs> it was about waterfalls. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> No, I'm not actually joking. No, you're not uh, so I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's important. I think things, the tides are changing, and I also think because of Spotify, which has kind of democratized music and made everything like a level playing field, like yeah. you can do anything. And for artists like me, who I don't have a manager or a label, I can do whatever I want. Mm. And there's an audience, I think, there. But um, at at the time when I first started out, it was kind of a bit like. Difficult.
1: Mm. I was actually um, listening just today. The whole world knows who he is, but I've only just jumped on the Orville Peck, Peck train. Yeah, I haven't. Um, he was just in Sydney last week, and he he Diplo just took him to the Grammys as Diplo's date. Um, Di- Diplo's not gay, yeah. is he? Diplo's not gay. Right. right. But Orville Peck is. And um, so he released this album about a year ago, and it's been getting all this buzz, and I just thought, that's just jump in, and um, he has the voice of a young Johnny Cash. Wow. It is like an affogato ice cream Ooh. running down my clavicle. Gotcha. <laughs> um, it is so beautiful, and he's just a really fantastic um, country singer with this kind of like uh, shoegazing dreamy pop slant, and I was listening to it, and just imagine... Johnny Cash's voice in the body of, like, a 30-year-old singing about watching a man walk past him going down the street and just being, I can't remember the exact lyric, but he was like, I just watched this guy pass me by and it just, like, made my heart sore or something. And it just, it was like a slap in the face. I was like... The the genre of country on top of that, it is so normalised now to hear Men singing love songs to men, women singing love songs to women. And I think when when I don't know, I'm kind of losing my train no, there. It's
2: it's it's an exciting time for music and something that Danny could only dream <laughs> of
1: getting back of to doing.
0: Yeah. You're, um, No you're right. There are so many amazing queer gay lesbian, there's so many amazing artists out there, and, and obviously like if you look at who won is, uh was that last night? I it don't know. It was. I
1: think. What day are we on now? It's Thursday. It's, no, Wednesday. It's Tuesday. Tuesday, Australia. Australia.
0: But you know, look at like Lil Nas X and yeah. Obviously, yeah. Billie Eilish is straight, but I think her her whole thing is like desexualized, isn't it? It's like, yes. Yeah. And yes. and then and obviously, I think she appeals to a lot of gays as well. Yes. And then. Obviously, like, Lizzo. Lizzo. I feel like it was a
2: night for, like, the weirdos. Yes. Yeah.
0: yes. Well, did you see that tweet about, because um, Billy Porter and everybody's like, sort of like runway, not runway, red yeah. carpet mm. looks and how someone said that they all look like Batman villains. Fair enough. And then I saw another tweet that was sort of replying to that, saying that yeah, that's because all Batman villains have been queer coded. Um, yeah. Absolutely, so and that,
1: Disney villains. And yeah, and so yeah. like
0: Ursula was yeah. based on divine, divine, and Scar is like obviously a massive gay. I mean, like, Jafar, Jafar, Jafar right. I know.
1: Irons is a bit homophobic. He is a bit homophobic, yeah, which is a
2: shame. Isn't the yeah. son really hot, His Son's there. really hot. Who's his son? Um, he's an actor as well. Something Irons. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but I just know he's hot. Yeah, <laughs> Irons. Irons.
2: Junior.
1: Um, anyway, we've got 15 minutes.
0: Well, back to, back Danny. to Danny. Danny deserves
2: every minute of that time. The French cover of Who Do You Love Now, anyway. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And do you know what? It makes sense,
1: because... I think it was, was made it? for Canada. Um, for, like, Quebec, and um, it didn't actually get a release, and then she was like, "Wow, I fucking learned Done this it. song I in French, French so... I can Very, do French. Yeah.
2: Very um, similar to Girls Aloud following in her footsteps. Victoria Beckham as well,
0: mm. mind mm. of its own.
1: Mm. Did she? she did the French version of What's that. What's that in French? Je,
0: je mind of genre? <laughs> um, J'ai mind. What was the <laughs> Girls Aloud one was? Uh, je je, je, je n'aime yeah. Francais.
2: Um, yeah. Any more? <laughs> more <okay. laughs> Goodbye song. Well, okay.
1: Vibes. Goodbye song mood. is a vibe. It's a mood. It's the same. It's a feels. Um, I really do think Hide and Seek is amazing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was actually a B-side. It was a B-side. Um, yeah, and that is a phenomenal B-side. I would implore anyone listening to this. To listen to the,
2: I think it was the 2007 re-release. Or oh, yeah. was it more recent? But that's the one that we've oh, it been listening B-side to. was a B-side. And it's, oh, with right.
0: All, with, all the, all, with all, like, 20. See, that's the one I didn't really know, because I, obviously, I'm a purist, and I listen to the album on CD. Um, I'm... Re- I'm gonna, um, I'm, I, that's the thing. So when I was listening to it on Spotify, there was, like, 10 songs that I didn't know right. of. Right. So it like, was, like, a, it been B Patreon content for yeah. you. Yeah. Extra like B sides, remixes, and then like the French version of mm. "To Me Encore" or whatever it is. <laughs> <called. laughs> <laughs> to Mem Encore, something uncle. like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I really loved um, before we get onto the the other mashup. I loved when you talked about um, the "I Begin to Wonder" with um, P. Burns. Oh yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think we kind of had this a little bit in our Janet Jackson episode and also in the Kylie episode, but I feel like we can't. Yes. Danny stands on her own with this, Janet stood on her own, but we'd also be foolish if we didn't talk a little bit about the connection between the siblings. Because it's also, while they're their own artists, it's really fucking cool to have these two hugely talented, successful siblings. Mm-hmm. And a connection that I probably just made up in my head that I absolutely loved is that. Um, Obviously, the first third of Kylie's career was dominated by Stock, Aitken, Waterman. Oh, I
0: never made that connection before.
1: And her oh. sister has a mashup these years later with Dead or Alive, who yeah. were one of Stock, Aitken, Waterman's most successful bands. Wow. And it was like a chance wow. to hear what Danny would sound like if she was produced by Kylie's first producers. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I never
0: thought of that. Mm. And it's isn't it wild as well? You know, with the Madonna one that I always like with Kylie and Madonna, I'm always obsessed with the, the fact that they acknowledge each other for Absolutely. quite a lot throughout their careers. Mm. So for then Danny to do the don't want to lose this groove mashup oh. and Madonna like publicly say that she really liked it and mm. approved of it mm. and allowed it to be released as a single, I think it's amazing. Because yeah. I think it was around about the same time that Madonna was wearing a Kylie Minogue t-shirt. Um, so she wore that yes. for the
1: music era. Ah. And then, I think after that, was when Kylie had her cancer scare. Oh. And oh. Madonna put out this like beautiful statement about it, about how she was like, I don't know, the princess of pop. And she was sending her rays of light and that shit. Mm. Um, but then... Um, yes, Danny did seek Madonna's approval for this. Yes, Madonna personally approved it. Amazing. But it was also around the same time that actually Madonna was seeking Abba's approval for ah, the hung up sample. And okay. Madonna, Abba said no. Madonna herself flew to Stockholm to meet the boys from Abba. Because that was the
2: first time that Abba had
1: ever done Given that. a sample. Yeah. And it was also the first time that Madonna had ever given a sample. So this article that I was reading earlier was like, Madonna was seeking a sample herself and then she got approached by someone else. I don't know. Maybe ah. someone's just making that up, but that's I think that's, that's cool cool as really well. cool so connection. It
0: going gets on gayer and, and gayer, gayer. It does, doesn't yeah. it? I love that. Mm. Oh, I I mean the the I begin to wonder, uh, dead or alive thing is incredible. I think it's when you put it on, it's like so gay that yes. it's, it is. It's overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I think
1: if I went out and heard those two mashups back to back. I'd just go home and get a burger. Yeah. Because like, my night's That's done. It. It's peaked. Like, I'm, it's like, not going to get better than that. I would
2: have bruised my knees significantly <laughs> from the amount of like... Oh, no, don't you be in an ambulance. I'd be gone.
0: Yeah. Um, it's Also, because they've had to speed it up a bit. Her vocal's <laughs> so calm. It's like, when I'm walking down the street, so can you can, that, mean, it's literally
2: like that. Can we talk about the fact that Creep goes straight into... Um, I Begin to Wonder. Yes. So that that's the only kind of like...
0: Mixing. Little connection you I get? find it weird that Creep is tracked too. I it's, thought, cause it's not such strong, such a, strong, No, doll. it's like it's such a like come down in terms of energy and like actual songwriting. It's, I think this album could have really benefited from that kind of...
1: sequencing. Can sequencing?
2: you do us... Yeah. Okay, so every episode we um, make a playlist of the episode which features all of the oh, s- yeah. favourite songs that we've discussed and then kind of like... Um, further reading. Yeah. you're gonna make this one. Oh, no! Well, on top of that, I want you to make to remake Neon Knights. Okay. Without easy. The
0: filler. Oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> really easy. Yeah, I'll do that. I okay, don't perfect. know if you consider this one filler or not, but <laughs> does anyone think Push is? Um... Actually, let me just.
1: Do like, you know why that that's the sequel it, to Pop the Needle It on. sounds... It, it yeah, it's got the push. Push. It's same. Yeah, it's exactly the same.
2: And when I started listening to it, I was like, oh, am I on shuffle? But I wasn't on shuffle, it was just... You were And it same. samples Ride a White Horse, so it's another sample. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't actually um, realise that
1: until going through your notes. Yeah. Um, does anyone else have any... Danny smashes from this album that they want to talk about?
0: Um, well, I did want to mention, I think, For the Record was my favourite You like that one,
1: didn't you? I yeah. do like it, yeah. It kind
0: of, it starts a bit crap, but then it's really, I really enjoy it. And I was listening to it on Red Leaf Beach just, just mm, the other day. Nice. It really, really, very it really worked, yeah.
2: Yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, mm. apart from that, the, um, I, I think I controversially prefer Don't Want to Lose This Feeling, to don't want to lose this groove okay because, but in, in a way that it sounds like the, we were talking earlier about the whole Stonebridge thing yeah. I, I like that production the real disco in yeah. and even though I think it's novel to have um, get into the groove as you know as a backing track I think the original production was really great. One of the strongest ones on the song. It is,
1: it is. And um, they're, they're both, the song and the song that it sampled, they're both Love Letters to the Dance Floor, which that's all album is. 10 out of 10.
0: And the video for that was on a stage, I think, and it was like a fake beach shack. And it's her just like being all beachy. Yeah, is she like, kind of like flipping, yeah, her hair flipping her hair and like her flirty a lot. and summery. Yeah. And then after this album, obviously, she went down this route, Continued like and did another song that was a a feature. She did. Uh, you won't forget about me. Yeah, she, that was actually the first ever Danny Minogue song that
1: I can remember hearing. So and oh, that really? came after, right? But that was that wasn't. That wasn't to an an of no, was a album. It was just like a, it was
0: standalone. I heard that on like a Now compilation or something. And that would have been just the year after this, and it was still mm-hmm. all that kind of like Ibiza. Sort of funky house I keep She was literally like, house. you funky house won't, won't forget, forget about me. me. You won't forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna put out another song. But
2: in like, I feel like she tried to kind of do you remember in like the X Factor Golden Era when Cheryl did fight for this love and that was kind of Yeah. She was a judge and then she performed
0: that. I feel did Danny try and do the same thing? No, but she did have a song called So Under Pressure. Which it was about Kylie's diagnosis, I think. Oh, but it's a really, it's a, I think it's a great song, um, and that was like her last. Maybe it was the last top ten in the UK. Yeah, and that would have been. I, I can't remember when that was.
1: No, and 2005 then two thousand five or six or something like that. I think about a year and a half ago, she did a song called Galaxy, was which was written by Sia, co-written by right. Sia. Um, and it's, it's 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 a good it's a good dance pop song.
0: That's the um, thing. It's like she hasn't really done anything since Neon Knights no. like a body of work like that and I think going into
1: Neon Nights, I wonder if there was a conscious decision to be like okay right Kylie's going places with Fever she's, mm. she's entering like a new chapter of her career Neon Knights could do the same for Danny it obviously didn't for me that adds to her kind of like you know the gay story of like the underdog. I the, was okay. Kind of...
2: I was thinking earlier about like what makes Danny gay, apart from the whole like dance music thing. And the, <laughs> the, 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 this album literally. What started, else? Yeah. This what album else? Album what what could it like
0: be? But, Breast
2: implants. Um, oh.
0: Oh.
1: I'm gonna <laughs> okay. say that's our
2: five minute time. Okay. Um. So, but I I did want to talk a bit, and this isn't gonna be you know too much of a Kylie thing, but. I do think that there's something, everyone loves an underdog and that's kind of a universal thing they that do. humans connect to. But I think queer people, just that bit more, mm. really connect to the underdog because mm-hmm. it's like, I am just motherfucking rooting for you mm-hmm. because I have viscerally felt the struggle that you mm-hmm. might be going through. Mm. And I think to, to be the sister of someone like Kylie who is this huge, especially in the UK, Dan, I was speaking to my boyfriend the other day about Danny Minogue in preparation for this and he was like I literally lol um, Mariah Giff but like I don't know her it's just not like I." He, excuse me he that's not, another topic he could, could not be, sing yeah. he could not sing a Danny yeah. Minogue song I doubt wow. that your boyfriend who's also Australian could either no and
1: could do a good Casey Musgraves <laughs> but, yeah.
2: maybe yeah he's into different genres but um, it's, she just wasn't really big in the UK um, sorry, in um, Australia, much so more in the UK, and kind of the same with Kylie. We talked about about tall puppy syndrome, but the underdog experience that Danny and Kylie have had, it it really, really kind of like uh, appealed to me or spoke to me because Kylie just is this huge beacon of gay joy, mm. and Danny had to do something that was different but still um, true to herself and. I think she ended up creating something that's maybe not as joyful, but it's still definitely um, synonymous with the gay experience, both sonically and, I guess, kind of poetically. And, like, she made her own mark. Yeah. It's something that
0: she can be proud of. Yeah, Yeah, yeah totally. Sure. And I think it's weird, isn't it, about the fact that they were bigger in the UK. But I think it's down to the fact that it's the music was produced by British producers, I think. Yeah. And I think it just appeals more... It always it's, has been, really. Yeah. yeah, and you think, you know, about Zenomania with Danny. It was a
2: very, like, British thing.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Australia, when you look at who is big here, like Pink and people like that, I just think it kind of makes sense. And that's fine, mm. and that's, like, their lane. But it's, like, it's a lot... It's the I think maybe it's because of the weather or the lifestyle or something, but... I don't know. I, I I think we're like in in the UK, especially in Danny. Just makes me think of neon Knights Particular is like such so just Soho. Yeah, it's like winter, but it's also it's like wintry. Yeah. It's wintry.
1: Um, has anyone seen Danny Minogue live?
0: No, I haven't. You actually. have, haven't you? I've have seen you? her three times. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Are> you kidding? <laughs> Where?
1: Uh, I have seen her three times. I've seen her um, twice in Melbourne, so she... Oh,
2: wasn't she opening
1: for Culture Club? So she was opening for Culture Club, and Mm -hmm. Boy George has one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard. And we talk about that in the Culture Club episode. Um, So I had tickets for Culture Club, mostly to see Danny Minogue. Um, Two nights before, she announced a tiny show for the fans, and she performed at this now bulldozed, um, iconic Melbourne gay nightclub called... Mm, I can't remember but it's in St Kilda people going to kill me um, but it was not um, the May, no um, she
0: lives in St Kilda um, as well doesn't she she's, does got, she? she's got a house got Luna Power oh. yeah. oh, yeah. I've had some great nights I can't stunning I it. anyway
1: <laughs> it was phenomenal and she basically did a 45 minute mashup of her career Fuck. so she did like all of like the, the, the 80s shit the disremembrance everything right through to Neon Nights really night. it I would have died phenomenal were there <laughs> any straight people in the audience uh, one girl <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. No, that was phenomenal. But my most iconic of the three stories is when I was still living in Melbourne, but she headlined Sydney Mardi Gras. Oh, wow. And I flew to Sydney to see it. And I was so excited. And it was also the same year that she did Manchester Pride. So her big wow. comeback to live performances were going to be the two big gay festivals, Manchester mm. Pride and Sydney Mardi Gras. Right. And um, I was having a fantastic time in some kind of like grotty, um, heavy dance tent. I'd had a few fizzy oh, drinks. in Sydney or... Um, this is Sydney. Yeah. And I basically was just telling everyone I knew in the crowd that tonight I was going to see Danny Minogue. <laughs> like, guys, I can't believe it. And then if you want to talk about, like, Aussies just don't get the Minogues, they were like, yeah, great, mate. All right, cool. Have fun over there. And I was like, no, but really, I'm so excited. And then it gets about 3 a.m. And I go to the loom and the queue for the loom. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, crapping on about Danny. And some guy taps me on the shoulder and he's like, I'm really sorry, mate, but she's already been on.
0: No. So she's come see and gone.
1: Her. And I was... Crushed, distraught. Um, so, you've actually distraught. only seen her twice. So, actually, I've only
0: ever seen her twice,
1: yeah. But, um, wow. shout out to Danny just being gay and doing gay things, She's not
0: being mean about Danny, but they have they've levelled up, haven't they, Sydney? Since then, Mardi Gras, like if she was headlining, was she headlining?
1: <laughs> they've had all the greats, they've had RuPaul pre drag race. Oh, really? Yeah,
2: um, and um, well, this year we've Kesha. got well, no, this year we've got Kesha, Sam Smith, and Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Mm. so well well well
0: fantastic um,
2: tom thank you so much for thanks joining for us.
0: having me is I'm...
2: there anything that you have i can't to plug
0: <laughs> no um, um to our eight listeners i'm releasing a song some point this year <laughs>
1: <Shit. laughs> <laughs> 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 so gonna like rejig me on nights for us i'm
0: doing a 45 minute no, I'm not. Match I'm, up of your career, of my career. No, I <laughs> I am um, releasing something. I can't remember when. I haven't actually set a date, but I will be doing something. Do you know what? I've got to go back to England and decide all of that because mm. Australia is a bit like a pause for me. Yes,
2: it's a pause for me too. I've been here a year and a half. Really? Still
0: pausing. I'm gonna. Co- I think I'm gonna come back at some point. You should. You
2: mm. um, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks You've been for having such me. An amazing guest. And it was such a Pleasure and a privilege to have you. Um, and can't wait to hear more bops from you and strut down Oxford Street to them.
0: Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy.
1: And thank you to Danny Minogue. Thank, thank you, you, Danny. Danny. We
0: you. love you, Danny, oh, Danny Minogue.
1: Danny. Yeah, great. Um, we've also got a Facebook page now, so like that. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, if you liked this episode, go on to our Facebook page and like it. Yeah. Subs- like,
0: subscribe, rate, review. Um... And Danny Minogue is at Danny Minogue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and what's your, um, Insta handle? At Tom Aspaul. Oh yeah,
0: with an underscore in between.
2: Tom underscore Aspaul. As, Paul, as yeah. in like, if you were going somewhere as a guy called Paul. Yeah. And Daniel Johnson is I am Daniel Johnson. Yeah. And if God. we are b- to believe everything we read in the papers, maybe he didn't need to change the gender referencing he... on his latest Instagram post.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can tell you a few things about him, but... Okay, let's, let's turn off the mics and let's go for a wine, will we? Patreon content. Patreon
2: content. Yeah, uh, you well. can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Drew underscore down underscore under. You can follow Andy. He's at Andrew, do you think you are? You can follow the pod on Oral Fixation Podcast. And you can email us on oralfixationpodcast at gmail.com. Subject, Danny Minogue. Thank you so much, and bye. Bye.